Hi, this is Keith, and this is the Klozmer Podcast for Saturday, March 15th, 2008. The website is www.klezmerpodcast.com, and the email address is keith at klezmerpodcast.com. On this episode of the podcast, I'll be interviewing trombonist Brian Bender, leader of the group Little Shop of Horrors, but first some news. The first thing I want to mention is the International Klezmer Festival in Firth, Germany that was held last week. I didn't get a chance to put out a podcast to promote the festival ahead of time, but I'd like to hear from anybody that did attend the Firth Festival and report back on how it went. It looked like they had a wonderful lineup of great performances. The next thing I want to mention is the cancellation of the U.S. tour of Balkan Beatbox. I was looking forward to attending their concert in Los Angeles and hopefully interviewing the band for an episode of the podcast. But from their touring in Canada, they had a visa problem when trying to cross the U.S. border and were denied entry. So unfortunately, their U.S. portion of their tour was canceled. But I hope to catch up with them a little bit later and perhaps get a phone interview with some of the band members. The next item I want to mention is the upcoming Jewish Music Festival in the San Francisco Bay Area to be held March 22nd through 30th, 2008. I received a flyer for the festival in the mail, and the lineup of performances looks really great. Among the artists scheduled to perform at the festival are my friends Frank London, who will be performing his show A Night in the Old Marketplace, along with Stu Brotman, Aaron Alexander, Glenn Hartman, Golem, and Heather Klein. And I was interested to read in the flyer that the festival is going to be awarding Frank London their first Shofar Award for his creativity, generosity of spirit, and profound contribution to contemporary Jewish music. So congratulations to Frank London on this award. For more information on the Jewish Music Festival, you can visit their website at www.jewishmusicfestival.org. And to order tickets, you can phone 800-838-3006 in the U.S. Well, that's all the news I have for this episode of the podcast, so let's move on to Brian Bender. Brian's a very interesting fellow. He's leader of his group Little Shop of Horrors, among several other groups that he also performs with. He has just released a new album entitled Ein Welt. It's a collection of wonderful Jewish melodies performed to backgrounds of all styles of world music. But we'll get into that a little bit later. Right now, let's hear from Brian Bender. Hi, this is Keith, and welcome to the Klezmer Podcast. I have on the other end of the phone today, Brian Bender. Uh, good afternoon, Brian. Hi, Keith. How's it going? It's going great. Welcome to Klezmer Podcast. Thanks. Nice to be here. Now, uh, we wanted to discuss a little bit about your uh, group, Little Shop of Horrors, and that's one of my favorite names for a band. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Um and you have a new album called Einvelt, which we'll get to in, in a little while. That's right. But why don't you uh, start off by 
telling us your musical background, how you got started in, in Klezmer music, and uh, how you came to form your band. Okay. Um, I'm originally from uh, California. I live in the uh, Northeast USA now in Massachusetts. But uh, when I was in California, my, my first foray into playing music professionally, uh, I found myself very quickly uh, in, um, so in an African uh, band playing um, high life and sukus, uh, various forms of African popular dance music. Um, as a trombone player, I was in that band. I was also playing in uh, some Latin bands and cumbia bands and things like that. Um, and then, uh, and then I heard about a film called uh, a Jumpin' night in the garden of Eden that documented the uh, revival of klezmer music on the East coast. Uh, and it featured, it, it, it sort of portrayed the, the formation of the klezmer conservatory band. And, uh, it was just the right time for me. I was a college student. Um, and I was just, uh, reconnecting with my Jewish roots. And, uh, I just took one look at that and I said, I'm there. <laughs> so, uh, so I really, uh, I got the klezmer bug at that point and, uh, pretty much moved to Boston, um, enrolled in the, um, New England conservatory of music where I studied with Hank Isnetsky and I was, um, specializing in klezmer music and other world music. So there was a department there called third stream studies, um, and then while I was in school, um, I joined two klezmer bands, uh, one up in the state of Maine and one out in western Massachusetts, where I live now. Uh, the Casco Bay Tumblers is the main group, and uh, the Wholesale Klezmer Band is in western Mass. I've played in that band now for over 15 years. Wow, very good. Yeah. Um, and then uh, along the way, I mean, other klezmer groups... Uh, came came around i i'm fortunate in that uh there really aren't a lot of klezmer trombonists in the northeast there, there's probably about four or five of us that actually know the style so we're very in demand so currently i'm i'm in two groups in boston a group called the bostoner klezmer led by dina wrestler and a group called garlic and onions by uh, led by ben passamanic I'm in the Wholesale Klezmer Band out this way. I have my own group called the Yiddishkeit Klezmer Ensemble. In New York City, I, I play uh, frequently with Alicia Spiegels, uh, with her band, and also with uh, Sruli Dresner and Lisa Mayer, who do wonderful children's klezmer performances, and occasionally with Adrian Greenbaum in classical um, tradition. So I'm, I'm very much in demand. Um, and then I, I, I mean, I play in some other bands alongside that. I have a Dixieland group and a, uh, a world music group called the Pangeans. I, I play in a contra dance band that has a horn section, um, and, uh, and a reggae, an African reggae group also. That pretty much covers it, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> almost, almost. Not, not much you've left out in, in, uh, <laughs> in the genre spectrum. I, I, I feel fortunate in that I, I, I really genuinely uh, enjoy a lot of styles of music, so I, I just pursue what interests me. And so, um, with Little Shop of Horrors, how, how did you uh, uh, get that going? Okay, well, I, I mean, all along my path in all of these genres of music, I've, I've really been quite a purist. I've, I've really gravitated towards towards bands and musicians who, who play in a traditional style. So I've, I've really never dabbled in klezmer fusion, 
before. It's always been traditional groups. Uh, well, except the Afro-Semitic experience. <laughs> that was one. A couple uh, one years. more. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, but really, I mean, when I play reggae, it's, it's with people who really only do reggae. You, you know what I mean? When I play with Celtic musicians, it's with really traditional players. And I've always felt that, that I can um, somehow get more to the essence of things and, and learn more about the, the genre of music that way. And so I've always just, I've, I've gone about uh, my, my path um, just in that manner. Um, but then I started composing about seven or eight years ago. And immediately what started coming out were, um, were hybrids. And, uh, you know, along, along the way, I noticed, I would notice a lot of similarities uh, between genres. For instance, there's a rhythm that's really important to klezmer music. It's a Bulgar rhythm that I'll clap for you. I'm going to put the phone down. <laughs> it's it's uh, inherent in in uh, in a lot of up-tempo pieces known as Bulgars. That same rhythm is is, a, is really an African root rhythm that, that's that's found in many African musics in the diaspora, Brazilian music, uh, reggae music, and so uh, uh, in a lot of cases, my compositions are based on something similar that I that I saw from genre to genre. Um, I mean, if I were to to describe the Einvelt CD and the Little Shop of Horrors project. Um, I would, I would say that I, I've tried to to maintain a Jewish sensibility when it comes to the melodies. Um, a Jew, what I mean by that is a, a Jewish or klezmer sensibility of phrasing and ornamentation and and just a manner of of playing melodies. And then the grooves um, are traditional uh, Latin jazz. Brazilian samba, reggae, uh, swing. And so these elements, I try to also keep those very authentic and true to those traditions. I see. Well, it, it certainly comes across in the, in the album. Thanks. And, uh, the, the melodies and are individually pretty authentic and, and the, uh, the different backgrounds from the different styles are pretty authentic, authentic, I think also. Thank you. Glad you enjoy it. Um, so you know, we talked a little bit about, about your, your concept for it, but when you, you started writing some of these songs, uh, I noticed you have four originals, uh, on the album. So yeah. how you came to, uh, to select those styles or, or what drew you to, uh, writing you know, the way you've done. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. Um, El, El Hudillo, uh, is a, it's a Latin jazz composition with a with a definitely klezmer style melody. Um, I actually it actually exists in another form. Uh, well, I, I originally wrote it as a as a traditional klezmer piece, and I actually perform it that way with my own band, um, and it has an extra section to it and things like that. Um, but I thought to myself, well, all right, I've written this melody. Why don't I get a little bit more mileage out of it? <laughs> and I and I started hearing it. A, I, I also started hearing it a different way. Um, one time, I, I think it was on the way back from playing with a Latin group. I, I just I had those rhythms in my head, and on the drive home, I I just started singing this melody and and changing the phrasing of it um, to fit to fit uh, Latin rhythms. Um, so that's one example. Um, another one, Hebraish, 
Uh, actually, the same thing with, he- with Hebraish. That exists as a uh, traditional song, as a traditional Klezmer piece that I wrote. Um, and, uh, and I just reworked it and put it to some Middle Eastern uh, rhythms. And, and added some new sections. And, and I mean, once I start in a certain direction, a piece takes on its own, its own personality, for sure. Um, let's see, what are some of the other ones? Jadonai, uh, it's sort of a pun because uh, in, uh, that's my klezmer reggae piece. Um, in, in Rastafarian folklore, uh, they refer to God as Ja. So, so I, I call the piece Jadonai. It's sort of a pun. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, the interesting thing with, with, uh, with reggae, um, I, and as I said, I've been playing in, in an African reggae band for, gosh, about 12 years now. Um, one of the first things that happened when I joined the band is I started to, I, I started to realize that they were occasionally singing in Hebrew. They would make references to King David. Um, some of them wore a Star of David. Um, and, and so I started to ask them, you know, what's, what's the deal <laughs> with this? <laughs> and they, they explained to me that, uh, that their, their, uh, ideology says that they are actually descendants of, uh, when Queen Sheba and King Solomon had an affair and gave birth to a son named Melanek. And, uh, they, they trace their lineage to that branch of the tree and, and, they they claim that their whole side of the story has been left out of like the King James version of the Bible and all of this. Um, but they really look at themselves as a tribe of Israel, essentially. And uh, so the whole time that I've been in that band, there's this interesting kind of brotherhood that I feel with them. And, uh, and I've, I've always brought in a Jewish sound, uh, especially when I play melodica in that group. I play trombone and melodica in the group. But uh, when, I'm, when I play melodica, I definitely bring in a klezmer, uh, a klezmer sound into the band, and it's always been welcomed. So, so this song really was just a, was inspired by that whole, um, what, what I find to be a very interesting um, dialogue that, that, I've, that I've had, and, and just, a, just a fact in, in, uh, in the folklore around reggae. Great. Well, um, let's listen to a little bit of uh, El Hudio, and then we'll listen to uh, a little bit of Jadonai. How's that? Okay, sounds great. Okay, here we go.
Okay, we're back with Brian Bender of Little Shop of Horrors. Uh, those are great tunes, Brian. Uh, you have some other different styles on the album as well, right? Some of the other pieces that I that I worked with on the CD um, are are songs that are already in the traditional repertoire, uh, whether it be klezmer or Hebrew vocal repertoire or Yiddish theater. For example, uh, there's a well-known uh, song called uh, Shloyma Lamalkala uh, that was originally in three, four time in waltz tempo. Um, but I reworked it and stretched the time so that it, it, uh, it fits into an African 6-8 type of pattern. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm happy with how that song came out. I think it's quite a transformation from how the song is traditionally played. Um, another one is Papi Rosen. That's a very famous, uh, very sad song, really, about uh, a little girl who has to sell um, cigars for a living. It's, it's, uh, it's an old Yiddish song. And I reworked it as a, as a samba. And I, I can happily report that... Uh, I've performed that song um, at uh, at weddings and uh, as a samba, and I've watched people dance in a circle and do <laughs> do Jewish style dancing. That's amazing. Samba I, rhythm. <laughs> I I do like that song a lot. It's it's actually, to take a, a different different look at some of the traditional songs is is really an interesting uh, exploration of the music. Yes, yes, and Alicia Spiegel's plays beautifully on that song. It's one of my favorite tracks with her. Tell me about Lisa Brown. She does some great flute and sax work. Where'd you find her? Oh, well, she found me, actually. She's uh, one of the bands that I mentioned earlier. It's called Big Bandemonium. Uh, it's an eight-piece contradance band that I play with. Um, three fiddles, uh, someone who plays guitar and does percussion with his feet, uh, acoustic bass, piano, um, drums, a three-piece horn section. Uh, so we, we play all over New England uh, at contra dances. And uh, what's, what's unique about that band is that in the middle of playing some jigs and reels, uh, we'll switch into a Latin groove or we'll switch into swing. And uh, dancers really like it. Um, so anyway, she's the band leader. She is a really phenomenal um, saxophonist and flautist. Many years of experience uh, playing in Latin groups in New York and uh, also just a wonderful Irish flutist. Um, so uh, I definitely, she, she's a core member of, of uh, the Little Shop of Horrors band and I'm really thrilled to have her on the CD. Um, some other people um, that appeared were Frank London, uh, who I'm sure is well known to your Listeners uh, on trumpet, I was really fortunate to have him and uh, Stuart Brotman on bass. Um, also, some people that may be lesser known but but are really wonderful musicians. Someone named Jose Gonzalez, uh, who lives in Massachusetts. Uh, he's really a master of the Puerto Rican uh, cuatro, um, and so he plays cuatro and guitar. Uh, Rocky Danziger from uh, the group Rocky and the Cavemen who is a uh, phenomenal percussionist, and I would encourage people to check out her group. Um, Grant Smith from the Klezmer Conservatory Band plays on one track, uh, and he plays in my, in my traditional Klezmer group, the Yiddishkeit Klezmer Ensemble. So yeah, I was really, really fortunate to have such a wonderful um, array of 
uh, of talented, unique musicians uh, that could lend their lend their sounds to this project. Right now, I I, I got to ask you. I, you had uh, written to me uh, talking about how you actually recorded a lot of this material, um, and I think that's an interesting story. Would, would you tell us a little bit uh, about your recording process? Sure. Um, I have my own recording studio. It's a home studio. My equipment is uh, is portable, so I would uh, I would generally speaking on on all of these pieces, I would lay down some initial tracks uh, just to just sort of as a rough sketch of the recording. Um, all of those parts would be replaced later by by other musicians playing, but it it, it, it was a way. It's like a sketch pad. Um, then I would simply. Uh, schedule time with with all the people on the on the recording um and either they would come out my way or if they were in town i would i would say hey you know while you're in town come come by or if i was let's say in new york city i, I mean the way i recorded alicia spiegel's tracks is i was playing a gig with her and i said hey alicia can i just you know can i stay over in your apartment um you know, after the gig, and uh, can I record you on these tracks? And so we pulled an all-nighter, and I recorded her playing on six or seven of, of the tunes. Um, Frank London and Stu Brotman, uh, I recorded them up at Quest Canada. I took my uh, recording console and uh, recorded them in their cabins up there about uh, six years ago. So, uh, yeah, it is kind of interesting, the process. Yeah, get a little bit from from all sorts of locations and and acoustic environments and and uh, styles. It, it's amazing how you patched that all together and made uh, a really nice sounding uh, package out of it. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, of, of course, ideally, I would have loved if everyone could have just if we could have recorded everything live um, because I think that has. Um, that that way you can capture a lot more interaction and a lot more magic. But uh, considering that 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 uh, I didn't have that as an option, I, I think it came out pretty well. It still has a pretty live feel to it. I you know I, I hear a, a lot of um, you know what I would call self-produced uh, material these days, and so much of it is is so well done. And and when I listen on you know large speakers, it it sounds great. Uh, pretty much equivalent to you know a studio major studio release that you would find these days. So uh, yeah, it's just uh, fascinating with the technology we have today to be able to do these things. Yeah, I mean a lot has really shifted as just in the last five to ten years uh, in terms of just a, a regular musician like like me and you because I know you're a musician also just to have access to to high quality recording equipment and, and also marketing tools. Um, you know, I, I don't have a big record company behind me, but, but now it's like with the internet, one can, one can get, uh, his or her music out there and, uh, be heard. Um, so a, a lot has changed in the music industry, I, I think for the better. I agree. So, uh, with that in mind, uh, how would people find your CD or more information about, yourself and Little Shop Before Us. Okay. Uh, they can go to my personal website, which is brianbender.com, B-R-I-A-N-B-E-N-D-E-R, or they can go to littleshopofhorrors.com, L-I-T-T-L-E-S-H-O-P, 
H-O-R-A-S. And uh, if they go to my personal website, they can also see my other CD that I have for sale, which is uh, the name of the band is The World Beatniks. And uh, the CD is called Urban Jungle. And uh, it's, uh, it's also a, just a, a wide spectrum of world music um, included on there. And, and there's some people like uh, Charles Neville from the Neville Brothers, who's also on Little Shop of Horrors, and also some people that are um, really well-known in the jam band scene, like uh, Eric Krasno from the group Soul Live and Adam Deitch, who plays uh, drums with John Schofield. Wow, that sounds uh, interesting, too. I'd be a whole other uh, subject to talk about another time. Hmm. Yes. Uh, and that's available also at the same website, right? Yes. Terrific. And where would uh, people be likely to see you performing anytime soon? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm happy to report that I was just invited um, to be a guest artist at a Klezmer concert in, um, in Holland uh, on September 20th. So I'm excited about that. There will be two groups uh, performing, um, De Goyen and uh, De Fiddle Capella. Um, so I will, I will be there. Uh, a, uh, a woman from Paris is also, we've started talking about arranging for something during the summer. Um, otherwise, uh, let's see. I'm looking at my calendar right now. A lot of private parties at the moment. Really, that, that's what I'm doing. I mean, in, in the last month, uh, I, I had a lot of public concerts. The Wholesale Klezmer Band just performed at the National Yiddish Book Center um, just a few days ago. The uh, the Black Rebels, the African reggae group, just performed uh, at a Bob Marley tribute um, about two weeks ago. I I, I was just uh, I just participated in a great event called the Dance Flurry in Saratoga Springs, New York, playing with De Bostoner Klezmer and Big Bandemonium and also accompanying a tap dancer. Uh, and I taught a Klezmer workshop there. And actually, um, I, someone who you know, um, I, from Klez Canada, uh, Avia Moore, sure. uh, taught, taught a uh, dance workshop. And so our band accompanied her there. Um, and then earlier in the month, I, on Fat Tuesday, on, on February 5th, my Dixieland band, the Gumbo Jumbo Dixieland band, played a Hurricane Katrina benefit concert. Um, so th- that's that's what I've been doing at the moment. I'm I'm playing each weekend, but it's all um, it's all private parties at the moment. <laughs> Very good. Well, I, I'm sure jealous of uh, you being up there in the Northeast. You run into all these people routinely as you're around town or or arranging gigs or whatnot. And out here in California, uh, that doesn't quite happen that way. Oh, it doesn't. Okay. Yeah. Because uh, people people uh, are not uh, transiting through uh, California as often as they are up and down the East Coast. Right. I mean, where I live, I, I actually live in a, in a very small town in central Western Massachusetts. I, I I mean, I'm surrounded by woods. There are no uh, there are no traffic lights even <laughs> in my town. There's like a stop sign and a post office. Which is it's very foreign for me because I, I I grew up in big cities. I'm from Chicago and Los Angeles and Boston, um, but this suits me very well. And I can get to Boston in about an hour and a half. I can get to New York City in uh, in about two or two and a half hours. 
And uh, I, it's a great location because it, it's really central, centrally located. So I can play gigs in all of the New, New England states and New York City, and everything is within maximum a three-hour drive or, or two, two, three-hour drive. So um, it's an interesting location. And then I just get to live out in the woods. <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pretty nice. Terrific. Well, uh, thanks so much for being on the program today. Brian Bender, Little Shop of Horrors, and the album is Ain Velt. Thank you so much, Brian. It's great to talk to you. Oh, it was a pleasure. Thank you very much, and uh, be well. Thanks. We'll talk to you again. Okay. Bye, Keith. Hi, this is David Krakauer in Klezmer Madness, and you're listening to klezmerpodcast.com. Okay, I'm back. That was Brian Bender and Little Shop of Horrors, and the new CD is Einvelt. If you'd like to read my CD review of Einvelt, go to my blog on MySpace at blog.myspace.com slash klezmerpodcast. And while you're there, leave a comment on the blog post. Let me know if you agree or disagree with my review. I'd like to thank those of you that have sent emails to me recently. It's always great to hear from my listeners and have a real interaction with the audience. So appreciate the comments and suggestions, and uh, please keep the email flowing. I thought it might also be fun to let you know uh, some of my recent MySpace friend editions. I've been getting quite a number of new friends on MySpace lately and finding a lot of great new music, so I've been having fun exploring that. Some of the bands I've added recently on MySpace are Odessa Havana, Klez Goyim, Chantel and the Bukovina Club Orchestra, Orchestre Internationale du Vertex, Municipale Balkanica, and Sasha Danilov. And some of the CDs I've been listening to lately are Frank London's Klezmer Brass All-Stars Carnival Conspiracy, Yalestrom and Harpastrami with Borscht with Bread Brothers, Kronika is Freilach by the Lori Kahan Simon Ensemble, Fua by Municipale Balkanica, Duck Man Do with, I love this title, Shut the Duck Up and Play Your Accordion. And the latest one I've received is Chantel, with Disco Partizani. I've been listening to this one quite a bit lately. It's an interesting combination of Balkan pop with a little bit of Klezmer, Greek, Turkish, and Middle Eastern thrown in. And I'd like to thank Dania from the Kol Nodadi radio show in Vancouver, British Columbia for alerting me to Last.fm. This is another interesting social networking site, similar to MySpace, but it's all about music. And when you sign on for an account at last.fm. It tracks the music you're listening to on your computer, and other people can log on and look at your page and see what you've been listening to. And you can look at other people's page and see what they've been listening to and make recommendations for interesting music back and forth. If you'd like to see what I've been listening to lately, I placed a last.fm widget on my MySpace page. So if you go to myspace.com slash klezmerpodcast, you'll see my last.fm widget there, and you can click on it and see what I've been listening to. 
So that's all I have for today. As always, if you have any questions, comments, suggestions, or if you have a band that would like to be interviewed or have your music played on the podcast, please drop an email to keith at klezmerpodcast.com. Also, if you have a moment, I'd appreciate it very much if you'd log on to the iTunes Music Store and write a custom review for Klezmer Podcast. That helps my ratings in the iTunes directory. So thanks for listening. Stay subscribed. And until next time, bye for now.